Hello, good evening and welcome to Lee Judges TV. Welcome back. Happy New Year. I hope you all had a great Christmas. Mine was ruined by the dreaded pandemic. I hope that all yours was better than mine. I'm still recovering, as you can tell, from a croaky voice and I'm still not 100%. But yesterday's performance somehow lifted me for a few minutes and then deflated me by the end of the game. Um, I brought some guests on to talk tonight. I'm your host, Dan Potts. I'm with Lee Judges. I'm with Big Steve, who's back in the house on the channel. I'm with Sophie Nicolau from Harbury Squad. And of course, the legend that is Gunnar Russ. And we're going to be discussing yesterday's result, yesterday's decisions, and let's be honest, yesterday's drama. We've seen a fantastic game today in Chelsea-Liverpool that again had some weird decisions in it. And across every single weekend, we're discussing VAR, which I've told everybody stands for very awful refereeing. And I stand by it because that is what we are seeing week in, week in, uh, week out by these so-called officials. We have the best league in the world with the worst officials in it. This does not happen in the Champions League or even the Europa League. It doesn't happen in the World Cup or the Euros, but every single week it happens in the Premier League. Our guests are going to have their say. Our guests are going to have their chance to speak. But first of all, I'm going to start with the main man himself, Mr. Lee Judges. How are you, sir? I am good. Thank you very much. Despite uh, yesterday, I'm going to take the positives from that yesterday. Um, Lots of things to talk about, but ultimately, what I'm pleased about, and since really the Everton debacle, really, like the, the performance has been fantastic. And yesterday, I'm going to say it, we give them a run around for 45 minutes. They couldn't handle us. We was all over them. Should have been, <clears throat> excuse me, two or even three nil up at half time. And I'm going to be honest, I was disappointed that we wasn't two or three nil up at half time. I, I, I really, really am. But what I'm saying is the performance was was absolutely brilliant. I've got to say that, like, you know. And I really, really enjoyed the way we played. Yes, I think um, things capitulated in the second half. Um, really on a on a penalty decision uh, and, and what happened after that, I, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I, I'm worried about if whether you think it's a penalty or not, that's besides the point. I, Let's, let's leave it. What done me in that game was the sending off. And everybody turns around and says, yes, Gabriel deserved to be sent, sent off. Even yesterday on Match of the Day, oh, it was a standard yellow card. And I agree with that. I agree with it. But Saka in the first half goes around Rodri. He's on the way to goal. Rodri brings him down. Standard yellow card. Not given. Just lets him off, lets him off, says, I'll carry on doing it like, you know. And then that was what was the annoying thing for me about the refereeing. Every time they fouled, he let them off. Every time we fouled, we got booked. It got embarrassing when when his first tackle, it wasn't a real bad tackle from holding, straight away gives him the yellow card. Rodri was continually fouling all game. It's happened with their Man City players before, with Fadinho, same sort of thing that goes on with them. And Russ made a great point there saying the pub that Pep does that very, very well. He get he, he, the way he, he sets them, them up to be able to do that. Um, he actually got the standard yellow card, Rodri, for taking his shirt off. 
And he hasn't he hasn't got the best premiership body I've ever seen. I'm going to say I ain't going to lie like you know. I mean, I thought it was a little bit flabby, if I'll be honest, for a professional footballer. But there you go. I thought he, he was um, top class, by the way, in his performance yesterday, Rodri, because he'd done everything that we need to learn from and do. And I, I say this there, obviously, like I've, they even showed you it on in the in the stadium yesterday the dive. Now I'm going to argue when people turn round and say that it's a definite penalty because his shirt was being pulled. Now, if his shirt's being pulled, why isn't he being pulled back instead of diving forward? You know what I mean? He dived. There's no two ways about it. He dived. He dived to get the penalty. Now, whether you think it's a penalty or not, that's fair enough. Uh, you know, maybe it is. But I'm, I'm fed up with this little bit of contact here and a little bit of contact there, like, you know, um, if it's a penalty or not. Now, what really bugs me about it is that I've seen both penalties and I'm going to be really honest. You know what I mean? I think that they are penalties in the, in the standards of football now. Um, but how one can be looked at and the other is not is unbelievable. And this is not just about Arsenal. I see two weeks ago, the game against Liverpool uh, and Tottenham, one being sent off and actually... Um, why, why uh, Harry Kane's been running around playing football over these last three weeks or two weeks? Uh, Robinson's been suspended, like you know. Also, to, and I go on to this thing about VAR. It's not fact. They're arguing in the studio today whether it's a sending off or not for for Mane. And by the way, he's got more previous than 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 Jack Ripper. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable, like you know how he keeps getting away with it. But he does. They're turning around and saying and making excuses why they're not giving it and all that, like, you know. And it's doing my head in now, like, it's not fact. When the ball goes over the line, it's fact whether it's a goal or not. If it's offside, whether you like the offside rule or not, it's fact. You can't argue it. But I'm telling you that now. I I might think that that was a, a sending off today on Mane. Russ might think it's not. So it depends who is in the studio looking at the screen that makes that decision. Well, the referee can do that decision when he's Correct. watching the game. It, so Correct. it's not fact. And this is the problem we've got now. It is not fact. There's no facts whether that's a penalty or not. Yes, I don't care what anybody turns around and says. You can argue about that penalty, that he's dived. You can argue that he's pulled a shirt. It depends what you want to do. It's an opinion. Until this gets stopped, sorted. I've, I've watched the game today. I've seen probably one of the best goals I've seen in the Premier League. For a very, very long while. I don't care about Chelsea. I don't care about um, Liverpool. A football fan, it was one of the fan, most fantastic. They're looking to scrape, to get it call, uh, get it disallowed. You know what I mean? It's just pathetic. It's just pathetic. The stadium goes clear, uh, quiet and everything like that, you know. Now, they keep going on about, so say someone said about clear and obvious. None of those penalties were clear and obvious. Yesterday, that I was wrong. I don't care what anybody says. I'll argue it facts for facts. Yes, Gabriel should have been sent off. The reason Gabriel's been sent off, this is where it comes into a referee for me, common sense. If the referee looks at it, now don't forget, I'm going to say this now, the referee himself hasn't given the penalty, right? Well, let's get that right. He has, he has felt it was a dive and he felt it wasn't a penalty at that time. So in his head, he must be thinking to himself, uh, You've got to feel a little bit for these Arsenal players here and be a little bit understanding. Use a little bit of common sense. Yeah, they're going to be railed up for a little while and all that, like, you know. 
just use common sense. So he might have said, he might have called you a, a silly name or something and all that. You just ignore that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get it at the frustration and everything like that, you know? And then and then just say, like, you know, no more, and that's it. Didn't. Couldn't wait to get the card out. Now, the one with the Gabriel, I've seen that today. It is a booking, there's no... But there's no... Oh, and I've seen it before, you know... Oh, he's on a yellow card. I won't give him one for this one, like you know what I mean. Could not wait, you know what I mean, like you know. I see, I see movement in his in his undershorts as he was getting out the cards. Couldn't wait to do it. Like, you know what I mean, like could not. Wait. You know, and 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 that is where we are with these referees. Right, now, at the end of the day, I'm going to say this one, like one last thing. Lots of fans yesterday paid a lot of money for that game, and it was a fantastic game of football at one-one. And it was spoiled. It was spoiled because the referee was biased. And I'm going to say this now, Martinelli, right? Should have scored. Yes, we know he should have. What was the referee doing there? You know, I don't think he's done it deliberately. I don't think he's done it deliberately to put him off. The fact of the matter is, he is not good enough to referee at this level. He is not good enough. So why, when people turn around me and say, this is the best league in the world, and it's this and it's that, it is not. Because you've got people running it, people refereeing it that are not up to the job. End of. Correct. There you go. And that's what you get an eight and a half minute ramp when you ask Lee Judges how he is. Um, <laughs> <coughs> but spot on. Um, I can't be, I can't say you've said anything there that I disagree with, Lee. Big Steve, let me bring you in, mate. There were some positives that we'll talk about later, but let's stick with the VAR decisions. A lot of people said to me yesterday, VAR, scrap it, it doesn't work. I disagree. I actually think VAR mm. can work and probably does work. What doesn't work is when you get incompetent officials that are looking at this equipment. Let's be honest, it's not complex. It's quite simple simple to look at something again rewind it and make a decision but it takes so long for this to happen and we see so many inconsistencies in it talk me through your opinions of yesterday's var decisions in terms of the penalties and some of the shambolic officiating that we saw on the pitch yesterday big steve yeah well um i mean lee lee covered 90 percent of it but um yeah the, the the inconsistency and the fact that they didn't check uh, you know they didn't they didn't go to the screen for our one, but they told them to go to the screen for the other. Um, the and the why argument... is that, Steve? Well, I've got to ask why. Why the hell I don't know. did he not why go to the screen know? for? Uh, no one can tell me. I don't get no, this. No one knows, and that's that's one of the other problems. Is is they wanted to, you know, they they wanted to bring it in and sort of have have things flash up on the screen, but there's there's not enough communication between <clears throat> what's going on in VAR and the fans because the fans are just if if the fans knew what the complete process was then it wouldn't be half as bad when things go, you know, when things go balls up because at least you'd have that understanding. But when there's an absolutely no understanding, you're, you're sat there scratching your head and and nobody knows. And there is this inconsistency. And, and as, as Lee touched on, you know, Rodri, you know, committing fouls all day long. But as soon as we had one, it's, it's gone. And, and it's not just the inconsistency in each game. It's it's across multiple games. You know, who? this is why there needs to be a standard practice of what's going on within the VAR. Because when Tommy, Tommy Asu was pulled back against Manchester United, contacting the box and he fell down, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it's it, it just, it, it's it's been going on since VAR came in. And as you say, the technology is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, it's, it's done in a load of other sports. 
but it's the people that are behind the cameras making mm. the decisions that's still not fit. As you say, it does, didn't happen in the Euros, doesn't happen in Europe. It, it works on a completely different system, and it's the people from the FA and and the the referees in this country. A hundred percent, mate, and I, mm. I I can't disagree with what you're saying. However, I'm going to hand this over to Sophie, but I'm going to say this first. I don't <laughs> think we lost that game because of the referee. I don't. I think the referee was shambolic. Um, and I think some of the decisions were very, very odd. However, I'm looking at two individuals that lost us that game and they both played for Arsenal. One of their names was Gabriel and the other one was Chaka. Without their stupid decisions, we've got 11 men and we're not giving away stupid penalties that this guy does every year, five years running. And I'm blaming them too. But maybe people disagree with me. Sophie, let's bring you in. What are your thoughts? Hi, everyone. And uh, firstly, Happy New Year. And here's a hopeful new year and good health to all and hope we can get back to having some solid adventures in 2022. Thanks for having me, guys. Always welcome. I, okay, so I need to take a deep breath because there are probably going to be a lot of people that are going to want to kill me or, you know, hit the dump button after I have to say. Never, never want to kill yourself. Okay. If you say what you got to say. No, well, we might. We might. Will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two things, firstly, life isn't fair. In life, when shit happens, you've got to get on with it. We can complain all we want. We all get up every day, we work hard against the big man, but still have to pay taxes. Meanwhile, Apple and Amazon and all of these big corporations get to walk away without paying any taxes. This is a life. Manchester City are the Amazon and the Apple of the Premier League. They've earned that right in the opinion of the establishment. Our team has earned in that right in the past. Unfortunately, we do not have that respect yet, but it will come back to us. If we had the respect, Mane would have been sent off for elbowing Tierney at Anfield. They don't respect us yet. That doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right that Amazon and Apple don't pay taxes. But unfortunately, that is the world that we live in. And all of the belly aching, I had to switch social media off because I'm like, look at the narrative. The narrative is the referee versus the fact that Arsenal Football Club played their best football, 45 minutes, first half of football we've seen in years. It was sensational. I looked at Kevin De Bruyne, I looked at Edison, and I looked at Sterling when the camera went close up on them. They had fear in their eyes for the first time. We did that to them. There's an image of Saka with five Manchester City players around him. When was the last time Arsenal had a player like that, that other teams feared, let alone the Manchester Cities of the world? And the truth is, Xhaka's an idiot, and I said that and people killed me for it. All of a sudden, everyone wants to defend Xhaka. I defended him for years. I defended him when he threw his shirt on the ground and told Arsenal fans to F off. I'm sorry. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you know how the saying goes. Granite Xhaka is a perennial offender. He is. And now fans want to back him because he, he made a stupid decision. He allowed the officials to put our team in that position. Don't grab his shirt. He's already falling to ground. He's already embellishing silver. But what you did is you gave the officials VAR the opportunity to say to the referee, hold on a second, we need to take a look at it. And why? Mm -hmm. Because he grabbed his shirt. Mm -hmm. Gabriel, 
I've said that we've had we've got young players who are mature, but sometimes there's a naivety to us. And that's because we're growing and we're evolving, we're evolving as a team. Gabriel scuffed the penalty, uh, penalty spot. One of the assistants alerted the ref to that. Then there's the scuffle, which wasn't his fault in the box where he touched the referee, but then walking back to the halfway line, what's he doing? It's belly aching. You know, in modern football, when once you start with that, even and with a referee's already having a tough game, he's going to book you. And then he hook lined Jesus. What do you expect? You're going to get sent off. That cost us. We also had chances to close the game. We should have been 3 0 up at half time. And we couldn't close because why? We're learning, we're growing. And I don't blame the team for that. But still, the game should have been out of sight. And what a victory, what a signature win, what a glorious moment it would have been for our club. And I'm sorry, but if Aubameyang had missed Martinelli's open goal, we would have been killing him today. I would have been killing him. But he gets away with it because he's Gabriel Martinelli. He's a young player and we don't want to do that to him. And he doesn't deserve that at this point in his Arsenal career. And the referee... May have been in the box at the time, but if you go back and you look at the shot, he was clear. A player of his caliber should finish that. If we want to continue to enable our club, we're not going to move on. I like what Aaron Ramsdale said. You know, we got to move on. Some of the players came out and said, we move on. How we react to this is going to show the true club that we have. Because yesterday we saw an inkling of the club that is building. And I'm going to say something now that probably isn't going to be popular either. If Martin Udegaard hadn't acted like Tom Daly, an Olympic diver, in the box at that moment, acting like a salmon bash fishing man or whatever they want to call it, with his arms in the air, and it, it, I, I'm pretty certain the referee would have looked at that differently because it was six one and half a dozen of the other. Edison also gets a touch on the ball. So we can complain all we want. But the point of the matter is we played Manchester City off the park and we should have won that game and we didn't. So I think you're spot on. And Jamie Carragher had a bit of a chat about the game uh, yesterday, just before today's games, actually. And I thought he was spot on as well. And he said, I thought Arsenal were outstanding. Facts. I thought we were. I thought we were absolutely brilliant. I thought that off-the-ball pressure was ex ex absolutely exceptional. And I thought that man for man, we were better. I thought we dominated possession and I thought we always looked dangerous. But we shot ourselves in the foot. And Granite Chaka and Gabriel did themselves absolutely no favours for themselves out or for the team. So as much as the referee was shambolic and VAR is an absolute joke, I stand by it. And I think some of the decisions were shambolic. I think what the Man City team got away with was shocking. In particular, Rodri has to take his shirt off to get a booking after 10 fouls. Absolutely disgraceful. But would that have won us the game? No. I don't think it lost us the game. I think what lost us the game is we lost our heads. And... That's why I put a lot of blame yesterday on those two individuals by stupid errors. And it was frustrating because I thought we played really, really well. And it doesn't make it better for me that the referee was poor or was great. It doesn't actually change much of the game. It just frustrates me even more that it kind of was kind of being dumped on even more, really, that the referee was also poor. Because when you have players that do that, you can't really stick up for them, if I'm honest with you. And I've been calling Granite Chakra out for years and everyone knows it that's listened to me. And it's boring. I need an upgrade on this guy. I've seen what he is. He's shown me what he is. I need a different movie now. I can't keep watching this guy. It is so embarrassing watching him cost us points year in, year out. And he plays well. Thought he was good again yesterday. Played very, very well. But I don't want a ticking time bomb. I'd rather have a Thomas Party, who, by the way, was outstanding, who sometimes can't be out, isn't outstanding, but doesn't do stupid stuff like that. 
I'd much rather have a Thomas Party in my team than a Granite Chaka. Let's switch Dan, things can back I just to add the... one more thing real on, quick? Sorry. I think they should add, like in NFL football, which Steve and I are obsessed with and watching right now, they should add a maybe think about this and because this can be a future discussion in a show a, a, a manager challenge where it the decision mm -hmm. is made and the manager gets to throw a red flag and challenge the decision because until then we, this is going to carry on sorry to interrupt but i just thought it's that a good was... point <clears throat> i think it's got to like so something's got to like that happen where you know it, it is challenged because they would have challenged that yesterday like you yeah, know totally. liverpool liverpool would have challenged the one on um on on harry kane harry kane you know, yeah you know, like Sophie says some very, very good points, but I'm going to bring her up there. Chelsea have not earned, have not earned the right, you know, of, of the Premier League to get far away from it. They've had one stung at them today after six seconds. Now, that game is a completely different game. Imagine it, if know. two cool, imagine if two cool killers could have challenged that right well, away. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and and I think that there is a there is a thing for that. I don't like VAR. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm dead against it and, and that. Like you know. And I I do agree with with Sophie. The thing about Granite Xhaka, and I, 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 you know, it is frustrating because he just continues to do these sort of things. So I, I but the emotion of the game is. Listen, I was riled up yesterday, like shouting like a good, you know what I mean, everything like that, because it was an intense game of football, like you know. So, look, look Gabriel will learn from that, but but for me, Shaka doesn't seem to be learning from his mistakes. That's that's the problem yeah. that I've got with it, like you know. But uh, you know, the v VAR is getting too many things wrong. You know, I've just had one of my Spurs mates just message me while we're talking. Spurs should have had. I haven't seen the Spurs. Don't don't watch Spurs. Should have had two penalties yesterday against them. You know the, the decisions at Southampton. We laugh about them when the goalkeeper drops one in his own goal. Like you know, uh, it's not just Arsenal. This is not just an Arsenal thing. This is been going on. I can go on about Arsenal when they go. Oh, it's definitely a pulling of the shirt. He's a. I see that Dermot Gallagher on there. I don't ever. Don't ever get. Oh, you know, me in the room with him. You know what I mean? Like, but he's turned around saying it's a pulling the shirt. What about uh, Sheffield United two years ago when they're pulling off? Um, um, Mustafi's shirt, nothing done about it. Like, you know, the kick on Saka from Crystal Palace today, the, the, the goal that was was get, not given on a foul for us and, and, and VAR apologised for it against Crystal Palace. There's all things that, but every team can say it. it. This VAR was put in place to stop controversy. It is making it more controversial, if, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I agree. The stamp on, uh, stamp on Tomiyasu against stamp Everton. Stamp on Tomiyasu. Has that not been, uh, you know... And who, and who was the official that day? Someone. Yeah. Well, Russ, let's bring you in. Technology, if you're going to introduce technology into the game, you've got to go the whole hog. Let's bring you in, Russ, because I want to talk yeah. about VAR, but I want to talk about officials, because I think that the officials are the problem here, not VAR. So, Russ, your opinions, please, mate, on, uh, on well, just what, not just what happened on, yesterday, but also yeah, the officiating. Just before we got on that, Sophie made a great point about we should have closed the game out. Well, if that penalty decision that we had had been reviewed by the yes. referee, the same as the other one had, let's have some consistency here. We would have possibly been two 0 up if we'd have scored it. That's a completely different game then, two 0 because then we can sit in and we can defend them, and they've got to come and try and score three goals. Then that's a that completely changes the landscape of the game, and then we start to win fouls, and then we start to do the dark arts, as you like to call it. So that's my point on that. I don't like this clear and obvious error nonsense. 
if someone goes down in the box, the referee should review it, whether he thinks it's a penalty or not. And the reason I say that is because if it's not a penalty, the likelihood is that the bloke who has tried to win the penalty has cheated and cheating should be punished. Well, I watched today Aston Villa, Trezor game, the last minute of the game, blatantly jackknife his body to try and win a penalty. Disgusting. Now, that should, he should have gone mm. straight to that screen and looked at it and said, right, you, red card for that. That's blatant cheating. That's how VAR should be used. It should be used in a positive way, in a proactive way, not in a reactive way like it is. At I have to say, point. that was a disgrace. I don't know if anyone's not seen that. It was, it was and, and that would be a good way of using VAR. But you've got to review it. The referee has got to hold his hands up and review all those decisions and not pick and choose which one he fancies. Whoever's earned the right because they're the Amazon of the Premier League is irrelevant. You're refereeing, you're an arbiter of a game. You should be fair and level and there should be no agenda or bias. That is what a referee does. And I'm afraid I'm not seeing unbiased refereeing. I'm seeing certain players in the Premier League getting favouritism and it's not on just because they're captain of England. I'm seeing players getting away with blue murder. That should have been a retrospective red card, at least. That should have mm. been taken before panel and given a retrospective, no matter whether he was booked. Oh, you can't change it because he's been booked. Rubbish. That was a, a career-threatening tackle that Harry Kane committed on that fella. And he's played, as Lee said, he's played three games since, which has affected the Premier League. He shouldn't have been playing. Mm. So that's why I talk about agendas and being unfair. Clear and obvious is too mamby-pamby. It's not black and white enough. It needs to be, you get a decision to make, you go and look at it. Don't get told to go and look at it. The referee's got to be brave enough every time to use that monitor as his aid, not as not as a crutch, as his aid, to aid mm -hmm. his decision-making and get the correct decision. Because all we want is no cheating, and we want correct decisions. As always a fan, I want I pay a lot of money. I want to see a fair game. I want to see it ref fair. And yesterday, that game was not ref fairly. End of story. 100%, Russ. I'll stick with you, mate, because I know that you've done a bit of research today with some of the refereeing yeah. in, the, in the league. And I think it's interesting, though. Uh, show us the facts, mate. Talk to us. Well... We all, I think most of us here are pretty educated. We know about the PGMOL, the, the Game Management Authority that runs the refereeing and the, uh, what they call the, the, the selection of what the, what the first selection of referees that gets picked every year to referee in the, in the Premier League. And there's 22 picked uh, for the 21-22 season. And I'll, I'll go through them all. It'll take a bit of time, but I just want to make a point here that something doesn't quite smell right. Right, this is the list of referees, right? Martin Atkinson from West Riding in Yorkshire. Stuart Atwell from Nuneaton, Warwickshire. Peter Banks from Merseyside. John Brooks from Leicester. David Coote from Nottingham. Mike Dean from the Wirral. Uh, Darren England, Doncaster. Michael Salisbury, Preston. Graham Scott, Oxford. Anthony Taylor, Manchester. Paul Tierney, Wigan, Kevin Friend, Bristol, Jared Gillett, Australia, Tony Harrington, Cleveland, uh, Simon Hooper, Wiltshire, 
Rob Jones, Merseyside. Uh, Chris Kavanagh, Manchester. Uh, Maidley, Huddersfield. Andre Mariner, Birmingham. John Moss, Sunderland. Michael Off, Oliver, Northumberland. And Craig Paulson, Sheffield. There's three three referees out of 22 there that come from, from south of um, Birmingham. Oxford, Wiltshire and Bristol. That's the three southernmost referees. They're both the people on the panel here think that that's terribly northern biased. And Mike Riley, by the way, is from Yorkshire as well. It seems to be a, a northern bias towards referees. Where, where does Stuart Atwell come from, Russ? Stuart None Atwell either. comes from Dunedin, Warwickshire. So near Coventry. So that's about as... I'm a white man just now. Lee, has he got a point, Lee? Well, yes. before I go on, go on, surely there must be some southern referees that are bigger than this. Yeah, I was just going to say, surely there's some <laughs> surely that are better. There must be a pool of referees that are better in the south of the country. Don't we play football in the south of the country? It, is it don't, only forget, don't forget, Russ, this is a big point. None of these ref when these referees are refereeing, yeah, every other kid in th their age is playing football. They're not playing football, they're refereeing, right? To become a professional referee, you've got to start at 10, 11, 12. You can't, you, you know, you've got to give up football. And that is a great point. And that's a great point. So that comes to my second point, which is surely there must be former professional footballers. Or have had to give up through injuries or have played at a lower level and haven't earned as much money out of the game as some of as some of the, the, the richer players who wouldn't even entertain it. Surely we're missing a trick here by not by not fast tracking some of these and getting some of these to referee mm -hmm. games because that, they understand the game. They've played the game. You're asking it happens in rugby. You're, right. you're asking people to referee games that, never, that have been involved in football but never played mm -hmm. it and don't know Mm. The game. I wanna... Godly. No, the th the thing is, Russ is right, and, and like, <clears throat> listen, oh, watching game of football today, I, I, listen, every every player can buy a penalty and whatever, like you know, what Bernard Silva done yesterday is that he bought a penalty. We, I know exactly what he was doing. You know what I mean? And he's died. He's done it in a very very good way, exactly the same as the player today for Aston Villa. But you know, Pep Pep was probably coached his team how to do it and not, I'll, I'll be honest because of all the dark arts of it you know what I mean like when I when I when I played football when I was younger when I went to, to a pro club they taught they taught you I was like 13 14 they teach you the dark arts of football like so, you know what so I mean Lee, because... Lee, Lee, can I just interrupt so is it because not many people play um football in the north that they become referees or why are we not getting referees coming oh, through? I, I, don't, I don't know I don't know that like you know what I mean because when I, when I played you know you, there's referees when you play in the south of south of England and all that like I don't know why that is Russ it's, it's not a very good track now London's the, you know the capital of, of England maybe maybe a lot of the, the the London boys are still playing football I don't know it's not a good fact and I, I don't, don't care what anybody says if you said to me right Put, put, pick me out at 25 years of age, right, from London, right, and, right, you can't officiate on uh, Arsenal games, of course, but, you know, but I can officiate a Spurs game. If there's a dodgy thing, what what is human nature for me to do? 
What we saw Mike Dean. We saw through? Mike Dean in the stands cheering Tramia Rovers. Was yeah, that last exactly. Season? Cheering Tramia Rovers. There are referees who are passionate football fans. If you do the X-Play thing, if Super Kev becomes a referee and it's Arsenal v Tottenham and he's officiating that game, how's that going to go? Exactly. You're always going to... It's human nature that you're going to get a little bit of bias bias this. All that. One thing that I will say about yesterday... Well, it was very honest, is our Kev. It happens in, in, in game. You know what that ref's like. You know he's incompetent. You know that he's not good. You know that he's 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 up Pep's backside and like you know what I mean. We're probably like in in the shower. You know, give uh, telling him down after the game. You know all these things are going to happen. So what do you do as a player? Don't make him give you those decisions. Yeah, exactly. You're told that. So Gabriel, you know that he's going to come. You know when you're seeing a player. Do what he likes on a football field, kicking, going around, kicking everybody, right? And then you, and he's not getting booked. And then you see one of your teammates getting booked. What, what should be in your head? You know that he's going to come and book you straight away and not him. And, and, and that, that has happened in football all through generations. Like, you know, my generation, Kevin's generation, whatever. If you, if you had Kevin on now, he'd tell you that there were friendlier refs than, than not. It's just the way it is. It's human nature. But when you're getting them all up north, there's there's something there's something in that. Surely everybody can see that. Russ, I want to bring this in for you quick, mate, before we do move on. Half the show we're talking about refs, which is obviously going to happen uh, because of yesterday. But I do want to get into the game. Um, Russ, I want to bring this super chat in and I want uh, to, to ask. You'll know why I'm putting this to you in a minute. So Sam Tresseder has asked, um, is this poor officiating giving more power to a possible resurgence of the Super League or something similar? That's a that's a, a conspiracy theory and a half. That is, isn't it? No, I don't. I don't believe so. No, no, not at all. I don't believe. I don't think they're that clever. I think they're too stupid to have a conspiracy <laughs> like that. The refereeing body. Listen, we've Fair got play. Mike Riley running it, and we all know what a cowardly referee he was. Um, well, that says it all, Russ. Yeah, it does. He made yeah, the worst so. decisions on a football field in the biggest game. For a very, very long while. His reward was he's still probably refereed the next week and he's got the big job. He should be nowhere near doing what he's doing after no. what he'd done at Old Trafford that time. You know, what what if you was in a meeting with him, Russ, like you know what I mean? He said, Right, I'm gonna sack you. I'm gonna sack you for you know, you're sure at well, I'm gonna sack you for your decisions today. I'll turn around and go, What about your decisions at Old Trafford? You've got exactly. a good job. How dare you sack me when you've got the best job and you're as incompetent as and let's I am? Not, let, let's not forget, Lee, that Stuart Atwell has already been banned for four years for refereeing for the absolute shambolic ghost goal that he well, gave. Well, exactly. It shouldn't Watford be refereeing. It's, it's not, it's, it's, he should not be affiliating at a game like that when, when hard, honest people are spending a lot of money, £75 yesterday, to go and watch that game yesterday, I, on Ticket Exchange, it was the, the cheapest ticket you could get on, on Ticket Exchange yesterday. It was £125 to watch Arsenal versus Manchester City. They should not be putting people in that are incompetent to referee those games. That, oh. That's not his fault. Not Atwell's or, fault. It's or, the people or who players like Granite Xhaka, who've been playing the game for years, shouldn't be pulling the shirt of a player who is yeah. going to shine you. And, and that's a decision that comes to Mikel. Mikel loves him. That's, Someone just made a comment a whole there, other um, about Manchester fish. City. City yet to win the European Champions League, even all their money. Well, there's a reason for that because the refereeing in Europe is better 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. City haven't won all those Premier Leagues because bad officiating. Russ. I can't get away with the perennial fouling, Lucy. Is that, is, is that, I love that you call me Lucy, by the way. <laughs> that's that, brilliant. Is, is, that why, is that why City have won all of their Premier Leagues? No. No, yeah, but what, what he's saying is that Fadinho has gone around for five, six years kicking what he likes and not being brought up on it. Exactly. And no. when we get more respect back and we're that team again, we will too. When Vieira well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I never see Patrick Vieira getting that, that respect. I never oh, see. I did sometimes. Oh, come Lee. on, Dennis Bergkamp. No, I did come sometimes. On, he, he didn't even kick no one at Old Trafford and got sent off. Dennis you know Bergkamp. I mean? No, I'm not having get... it. I'm not having no, that. Like, Dennis yeah. Bergkamp was such a Michael Jordan. Yeah, he, he got was. away yeah, with a lot. Yeah, yeah he he did. But I'm, I'm telling you this now. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a compliment. Pep knows what he's doing. He, he butters them up when the interview. His interview oh, yesterday, yeah. by the way, was fantastic. Mm. With you, I, 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 you know. I'm 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 hating in, on him at this moment in time, but what he said yesterday, it, you know, you can't help but think, you know, look, it was class. Yeah, they were the better team. It was that he knows exactly and what. And that's he's what doing. we should be talking about is how brilliant our team was. But yeah. yet the narrative is about the officiating, and unfortunately, in the Premier League since VAR was introduced, this has been the biggest issue. Works in every other league, you know. Here in MLS, you get to hear even what oh, the officials are saying okay. to each other. Why does it work in every other league? It works in every other league because they there's the they just follow and the no, officials, the officials are, better. are better. But the point, <laughs> yeah. but you've got to play with what you deal with, Russ. You can't cry over spilt milk. You just can't. You and can we don't want our players better, doing the same we? either. Can't we but hope for better? Of course, hope is not a plan. <laughs> can I just show that? one thing? One, one statistic, right? One statistic about Manchester City and everything like that, you know. Our Arsenal, uh, a possession-based team over the last 25, 30 years, well, since the Premier League started, have Arsenal been a, fa- uh, um, a, 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 a based, possession-based team or not? The answer is yes, right? 100 red cards. is the, is the, We're the first team to get 100 red cards. That ain't right. That ain't right. And 95 yeah. of those jackers. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, but, you know, with that, that league, that, that, that league. is not right. You know what I mean? So, but, but listen, you do, can go do all take about. Into account, sorry, Lee, just to bite in, just do take into account, we haven't been relegated from this league. Other teams have. Everton, a second on that list, also haven't been relegated from that league. So, even though, yeah, we, we've got the most red cards, we have been in the league the longest. So, yeah, but you could, you could say that Man United, Liverpool, <laughs> You know, yeah. like Tottenham haven't been relegated. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't buy in. I, I think there is a little bit of... Arsene Wenger was called out the referees 10 years ago. 10 years ago, he called them out and they didn't like it. They did not like it. And I think there is a little bit of that. Like Where I say Pep's a little bit more... Pep, a lot more clever. One, never call out a referee. But look what he was like um, a, a few weeks back. I remember him going up there in a applauding the the, the, the the linesman or 20, you know what I mean? All that like. Wenger, you know? ena- Wenger enabled, we were weak source at times. Remember that moment at, at Sanford Bridge between the old Gabriel and Diego Costa? He let him do, I mean, you, we let yeah. players do that to us. And that's the point. Yeah, I get that. Mentally, I, I, I get that. mentally, we need to grow a sack. And this team has a sack, more of a sack than any team I've seen in years. 
and they will feel hard done by, but how they react to this loss is going to tell us a lot exactly, about exactly. them, right? And I think so, they will react in a, in a positive way. I really do. I, I like what so, Arsenal are doing at this moment in time. I like what they're doing. We there played is a brilliant football yesterday. We were brilliant. so good. When, we, when this subject came up, it wasn't to make an excuse for us losing because, you know, City are a great side. And I went to that game not, not ever expecting to get anywhere near them, to be honest with you. And, and the, the performance was absolutely amazing in the first half. And that, that frustration of having that fantastic performance with nothing to show for it. Yeah, it's, it's hard to take. It's a bit of pill to swallow. I came out of yeah. there really fed up. Whereas normally, if we'd have got beat by them, I'd have walked, walked out and gone, oh, hey, ho, never mind. Get, move on, like, you know, like we normally do. But, but in my opinion, I think, I think Martinelli's curler in the first half, that's the pill I can't swallow. Martinelli's open goal, that's the one I can't swallow. Udegaard needing to make a pass a bit earlier yeah. in the first half, I can't swallow. Saka had a couple chances. You know, those are the things. We could have been 3-0 three, three up at half time, and eventually this team will get there. And to see us absolutely annihilate them, what team has done that to City in the league no, over no the last team. few years? No team. No. It's, no. Insane. it's insane. Not, no one. Not and no one. What, what was a very good thing, Sophie. Now, let's just get on to the football side of it, or even what they said. No team, I think I was listening to uh, Alan Kerbyshire yesterday, he was turning around and saying, no team has took that to Manchester United, uh, Manchester City, and frightened them like that since Pep has been in charge of that football club. And I like, and, and, I'm, and I mean, teams have beaten them. You know, Tottenham have beaten them this season, but they was like camped in their half and just relying on a little bit of luck and whatever, like mischance after mischance after mischance, same like that. They never created anything. Ramsdale didn't have a save to make in no. the first half. They didn't have a shot didn't, on didn't target. Have a, a shot on target. We took it to them and we give it to them and everything there. Now, we did at the end of the day, we lost the game, but we were a young side. We, and I, I think at the end of the day, they would have got back on that coach and thinking, I tell you what, if they carry on like they are, we've got to worry about these guys. You know, you don't celebrate a goal like that in the last minute and celebrate it in front of the Arsenal fans unless you've worried them. Because at the end of the day, both goals, they celebrated over on our side. You know what I mean? They never went to their fans, but they went to their fans at the end of the, end of the game. But when it mattered, when they got that third goal, they... What two things, not just the team, the atmosphere of Arsenal and around that Emirates got to them. They mm-hmm. they they realised that there's something something happening at Arsenal and they didn't like it. And I'll tell you what, whether you like Man City or not, I like that about them, that they did not like it. So they right. made sure they proved that they would give it to them. Now, oh, Arsenal right. can just bust themselves down from this yeah. and go again and make sure they continue playing the performances that they have at the moment, because since the performances against Everton and the results have been fantastic apart from this game. So let's let's see what happens now in the next couple of cup, cup games, and also then we go to Spurs. And I expect those sort of performances now, week in, week out. Yeah. Russ, go on Can quickly, just, Russ, and then we'll get, yeah, move on, so yeah, we need yeah, to move on. Go on, Russ. The first half was a thing of beauty, and our goal was a thing of beauty. It was a... It was a it was a picturable goal. It was a brilliant goal. And uh, that's the, the positive that I take out of that, that we absolutely roasted them alive for 45 minutes. And that's to say the take forward. The referee thing is frustrating because, I, as I said before, I just want to see a level playing field for everyone. And when you see players running around a pitch, chopping people down and nothing's happening to them, I get frustrated. I can't help it. Why shouldn't I get yeah, frustrated? I 
Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Um, let me just bring up a couple of super chats before I move to Big Steve. Uh, Lawrence is in the chat. Lawrence Manuel, hope you're well, mate. Uh, he said that Jared Gillette, who is VAR from yesterday, was also the VAR that disallowed the Socrates goal against Palace a couple of years ago. Why is he, an Australian, allowed to officiate in England? Um, I will never get over that goal. I thought that was unbelievable. That Callum Chambers mm. gets fouled in the box and it goes to VAR and they give the foul against us. Unbelievable. And then come out and say, oh, "Apologies about that. That was wrong." Cheers. That's really helped uh no it hasn't let's move to some positives um i think we'll be here all night if we talk about var refs it was it a penalty was it not <clears throat> big steve let's move to you um people know my opinions on the manager and the way that this team have been playing over the last two years and although it has taken two years i'm finally starting to get some answers from Mikel arteta i think the style of play is now there i've seen an attacking style of football that's attractive over the last five or six games i've seen him win convincingly against teams like leeds and norwich that let's be honest we should be beating what we did beat them convincingly i've seen us compete against west ham and man city now who were two big clubs whether you like it or not this season they've been playing very very well and they're very very um important performances even though that yesterday was a loss I wanted to see a performance against a big team like Man City and I think that we got that we're starting to see in my opinion passing in triangles over on the right hand side with Tommy Asu, Erdegaard and Saka over on the left hand side the triangles of Tierney, Martinelli and Chaka and I think that the diamond now. You've got Lacazette at the tip of that diamond, Chaka at the base and Erdegaard and Party in between that. This style of play is starting to be very attractive and it's all down to the final third changes from some of our young guns that are looking very, very positive moving forward. Smith Rowe still can't get into this team, believe it or not, who's been one of our best players probably this season. So that's all good in terms of our competition. How impressed have you been, Steve, with the way that we're playing, not just yesterday, but over the last five or six games, mate? Um, I mean, I've I've been in, in, yeah, been impressed for quite a lot of this season, minus a few games. Um, coincidentally, a couple of the games that I was at, we didn't. You know, you meant you mentioned the convincing win against Norwich earlier on in the season. We just scraped a win past them, and it was a boring game. Um, so it's it's good to us to see that development from the players. I think the fact that we've got a back four that minus you know a few weeks out from Tierney has been fairly settled. We haven't had to have this argument, does, you know, does this centre-back come in against this sort of striker or does this player come against this? But, you know, we've seen a fairly settled side um, and and Tommy Asu has been a fantastic addition. Gabriel and White together, you know, when was the last time a centre-back pair, a pairing had had such a such a long run of games? It was probably Mertesacker and Koscielny the same year that Chesney won the golden the, the joint golden glove with, with Petr Cech. And the way it's going at the moment, it looks like Aaron Ramsdale could also win a golden glove or joint golden glove this season. So I think a lot of a lot of the the development from you know, being uh, a fairly pragmatic, boring side to play against. And now we're playing expansively and, and players like Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli are all are all thriving. I think some of that comes comes because of the, the longevity and the solidarity that we have at the back now. And um, obviously we've said for, for years, build your whole, you know, your style of play and build, you, you have to build from the back. And the problem with Arsenal's defence in the past, God knows how long, it's always been shambolic. So it doesn't matter how good you are up top. If you're shady at the back, you're going to, you know, you may be scoring three or four goals, but you'll be conceding five or six, six, three city, you know, a, a prime example. Um, so I'm, I'm really impressed with just, just even on the, on the games where we haven't been as expansive, we've been solid and we haven't often looked like, 
conceding, you know, earlier on in the season against against Norwich. Other seasons, we would have been stood in the North Bank, scared of them scoring, getting a, a breakaway goal. And, and it hasn't happened this season. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite impressed. I'm impressed with the back. And, and as you say, the, the the fact that in recent weeks we've been scoring goals for fun almost. And Emil Have you seen the difference now, though, Steve? Sorry, mate, just quick. Have you seen yeah. the difference now? Because I know you said about Norwich, and I think it's really important, this. A lot of people have said, Oh, see, we've always been, this has always been there. It really hasn't. I saw us win 1-0 no. against Watford, 1-0 against Burnley, scraping 1-0 against Norwich. It wasn't there, this. This has definitely been an improvement over the last five or six games. And I was guilty of calling out Martin Erdegaard, saying, I don't quite get him. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's not scoring. He's not assisting. Last five or six games, goals and assists. And to be fair, he's been running that midfield. So you know I think we have seen improvement is, and progress. With Erdegaard? I think Go the on, difference man. with Erdegaard is earlier on in the season, he was playing in a deeper role next to, next to Thomas Partey and whoever was yes. in the middle. Um, and, and I said I said for a while, obviously, Aubameyang was was not firing as a striker. Then they brought Lacazette and was playing, you know, we were playing Aubameyang <coughs> out on the left. The problem was there just wasn't the right balance and Erdegaard playing deeper, even though we saw some games where we were saying, oh, I love I love his energy in the middle of the park. I love the fact that he's trying to play the ball through the lines. He's trying to move the ball forward. And we, we don't often have that same energy. Well, we definitely don't have that same energy when Jack is there. You know, we saw a couple of good performances from Aitens, Maitland Niles. We've seen some good performances from Lekonga. And the difference between those and players like Xhaka is the fact that they've got they've got the legs to move the ball forward as well. Erdegaard had that, but he wasn't quite as good defensively with his positioning and everything else. And he kind of wasn't looking like the same sort of player that was hyped, he was hyped to be. But that's because he was playing as a centre midfielder and not an attacking, you know, not an attacking midfielder. Erdegaard can play on the left, the middle or the right-hand side, which is great because I think if Lacazette does go, which, you know, we're talking about and, and we do see this transition for Martinelli playing as almost like a false nine or as a as a as the top of that top of that attack. Having Smith Rowe, Erdegaard and Saka can cause a lot of problems, I think. Erdegaard, yeah, Erdegaard, the difference with Erdegaard is the fact that he's moved moved further up the pitch since Aubameyang's been out. And that's that's been the the, the focal point of of most of our attacks. Uh, Steve, I think you're spot on. I think you make a great point there about Erdegaard because he certainly has improved in the last few games. So if I'm going to come to you, one player we need to mention is Martinelli. Me and you have called mm. out this player. Uh, please play him. Please play him. Uh, he's now playing. And um, my God, he's looking good. I know he missed a city yesterday, but I feel like I can put more blame on Gabriel and Chaka because of their foolishness as opposed to Martinelli who misses a chance, which, let's be honest, he didn't do that on purpose. Um, for me, this guy has got so much energy. I love watching him play. Um, and I'm really confused as to who, to who to kind of point the finger at here because my question mark was, does this manager not rate this guy? Is he not ready? Now he's come in and it's either, I've proven you I'm ready, but Mikel Arteta, or Mikel Arteta is just a genius and he just knew when to bring him in. Where do you stand on that? Um, and how good is it to watch this kid at the moment? He's just exceptional. I thank Aubameyang every single day coming back late <laughs> from his trip because Arsenal Football Club on the pitch have completely evolved and changed since he has been benched. And it took a lot of balls for the manager to make that decision. And as much as I haven't agreed with him, finishing eighth and eighth and being kind of average in the Premier League, we're starting to see a little bit of his emergence in the sense that that was a bold decision to make to bench your captain. And you should have done that after the North London derby, in my opinion. And I've said that ad nauseum on mm -hmm. my show. 
Um, and thankfully, you know, we've seen the emergence of Martinelli. Now, maybe at some point, once he's able to get more minutes, we'll see the same emergence of Sambi Laconga if Xhaka is, isn't going to kind of be played as much. I, I don't know. Afcon With Afcon coming, we're going to need him. But Martinelli, talk about have potential superstars in your team. When was the last time our club had that? The last player that got me on my feet with excitement was Alexis Sanchez. I thought he was that type of player. But Martinelli and Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, they're like these once-in-a-generation players. And we bought him for 8 million, I can't remember if it's pounds or euros. He is an he, he is one of the greatest bargains of all time. I, I understand that we had to manage him because of his injury. The timing of him is perfection. He's fearless. His pace is insane. He had one of the best players so far in the Premier League this season in his back pocket. He absolutely scored Cancelo. He embarrassed him, actually. And the seat, the sky's the limit for this guy. The ceiling is insane. Do you know what else I love about having players like Martinelli and Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka? Once again, I think the reason why the Emirates is buzzing again, the reason why away fans are buzzing again, which, by the way, the away fans this season have been insane, as have the home yeah. fans. And every fan around the world who wakes up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, or 10 o'clock in the morning, or stays up until midnight to watch their team, we have a team that we can fall in love with again. There's mm -hmm. a confusion when you get a new shirt. Who am I going to have on the back? Am I going to have Ramsdale? Am I going to have Martinelli, Saka and Mill Smith-Rowe? Am I going to have... Not Granite Chaka then, so. <laughs> not Granite Chaka, no. But we've got a team that we can love again. Yeah, and I It's agree. been totally a agree. long time and I think that adds a different fuel to the fire. Yeah. We've got a different DNA and a different culture that is building and I think that has added a lot as well. But Martinelli is absolutely... Let's pray he stays fit. He's absolutely sensational. Yeah, he really is. Russ, I'm going to come to you because you, Lee and I spoke not long ago and you said, we definitely ain't got a squad that's good enough for top four. I've seen a squad that definitely can compete for top four over the last coming weeks. So has your opinions changed at, the, uh, at this point, mate? I think we've got a, a good first 11 that can compete for top four, but I don't think the squad's anywhere near deep enough yet. I think two or three major injuries and we'd be, we'd be struggling, to be honest with you. Um, what what um, Sophie was saying there about um, the excitement and the, I'm feeling that now. I'm feeling I'm feeling a connection with players again now, which I haven't had exactly. for about seven or eight years. I'm feeling connected with Martinelli, Saka, Smith Rowe, uh, Tommy Yasu. I, I really like. Yeah, I forgot Tommy. He's brilliant. Oh, he was yeah, brilliant I, yesterday. I, I, and Gabriel, I, lo I love I love that that because they're good players and and, and they're giving it all out on the pitch. And, and I'm seeing partnerships, and uh, you know, a little bit of praise has to go to um, to the manager. And because sometimes in life you need a big slice of luck, don't you? And when we were in the mire last year, and we had lost about eight out of nine games, and we were looking very, very dodgy to say the least, he had that little bit of luck, didn't he? Where he he dropped William and Louise, or William and Louise got injured, I think, and then he put the two young lads in. And then we just started winning games. We started scoring goals, started winning games. And then this year, his bit of luck, as, as Sophie said, was a Bamiang playing up. And it's changed. I've always said playing Lacazette and a Bamiang, especially away from home, is a dreadful waste of a, of a place in the team because we haven't got, we never had a midfield good enough. To, to run games the way we wanted to play possession base with two forwards on the on the park we were a midfield player light all the time and uh that little stroke of luck and him growing up here and saying no more Albert, you've had your chances 
there is my my the space for Martelli to come back in. I honestly believe that he's been managed uh, anyway to, to you know for the long term rather than the short term because uh, some people thought the manager didn't like him and and uh, he wasn't getting getting a chance because Aubameyang was in the team and now Aubameyang was stinking the place out. Blah blah blah. That little slice of luck reminds me very much of when uh, Alex Ferguson won that cup game at Nottingham Forest all those years ago. Most of the United board, Man United board, wanted Ferguson sacked. Most of the fans wanted him sacked. And he won a trophy that year. We've done it a bit in reverse. We've won a trophy, then we struggled uh, with uh, this manager. But I so say he's learned on the job. He's, he's shown some real character to, to basically sack off a... Our, our, our best striker, allegedly, and our best paid player, best paid player, and uh, it seems to be paying dividends. Now, it's over to the owner. It's over to the owner now to sprinkle some magic dust on this team, and I'm hoping we can do it in January. I know it's difficult in January. They did it in the summer, Ass. They, they, the... Nobody more. You, you've got to do of it course. every year. Of you've course, but it's a, it's got a... to keep improving, and we've got to ship out more of the deadwoods. More of the deadwoods got to go. I include Jacker in that because I've, I'm same as a lot of people. I never wanted him to ever wear an Arsenal shirt again after the Crystal Palace debacle. I just thought it, it was a bridge too far. Doing what he did, he's a good player. He's a six out of ten player. We need an eight out of ten player. That is what we need. I've had enough of him. I've had enough of his antics. He never learns. It's never his fault. And that's one thing that needs to be addressed. Either this transfer when I'm difficult, but in the summer, I want him gone. I don't want him here no more. And there is better players out there. We have got to go and get them. Well, this transfer window open at the moment. Before I bring it, uh, Lee in, and there is a couple of super chats. I just want to throw it before we do wrap up. But I think that the window's open. I think everybody knows that it's a centre forward and a centre midfielder that we should be looking at. Um, I think in the summer, there's going to be options to replace and upgrade players that might be shipped out. I think we need another backup right back and a backup goalkeeper if Leno is looking to be off. I think another centre midfielder and a striker is probably going to be needed again in the summer if we look at Eddie and Lacazette and some of the situations with players like we've just mentioned in El Nini and Chaka who have been Defender here for just far them. too long. You see Central what happens when Holden comes in. I mean, we need another yep. defender. Well, we might have another defender coming in called William Saliba, but he's signed a four-year contract and he's been away for three years. So um, we might be able to see him finally. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, But I doubt it. So we'll see. You're right, So There are some uh, positions there that we'll be looking at. Quite a few names are being linked with um, right the way through from Jack Wilshere, right the way through to Renato Sanchez, Vlahovic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. All the names are going to be thrown at us, but we definitely need, uh, in my opinion, in January, a centre midfielder and a centre forward. I'm going to do a cut of super chats now I'm going to come to Lee uh, first of all Soph we've got Raj who said Sophie you said we annihilated City in the first half do you think we could do that without Granite Chaka in my opinion our fan base make it easier for the refs on Granite Chaka thoughts Soph I think the truth is in the games that we've seen Xhaka and Partey I think played for the first time like a partnership against City I think we've seen them try to get there and I think Xhaka and Party are the strongest option that we have. But I think that we can get even better. A few weeks ago, I think some of us were saying, why do we keep saying who's going to partner Thomas Party? Because he had been poor. But I do think that in this game against City, when you're looking for that experience, the unfortunate thing is even with his experience, he has those crazy moments. 
So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you're not. You're damned if you support Xhaka, you're damned if you're not. But I think hindsight 2020, yes, right now, they are the better option. And we have to just know that, unfortunately, Xhaka is also a liability and could make a mistake in a game. And that's the risk that Arteta takes. It's like going to Vegas, black or red, you know, and um, he yeah. makes that he makes that gamble in most games. Yeah, he does. And I, I hate people who make the same mistakes year in, year out. And everybody knows my opinion on Granite Chaka. Can he be upgraded? 100% he can. Lee, let's come to you. Lawrence has put one in the chat saying, does the panel think that Arteta will field the same side on Thursday night against Liverpool in the semi-final? Or will he bring in some of the youngsters? This is an interesting one, Lee. What do you think will happen on Thursday well, night? Well, I think it'll it, it swap it around a couple of... Obviously, Gabriel's out. Um, so, um, and party. Parter, yeah, he's gone as well. So El Nenny's not going to be there. I don't know if Eddie's been playing in every game. So if he's um, uh, over the COVID, then I think that he'll come in. So I don't think there'll be too many changes. I think there'll be like, for the next two two games, I think that, you know, we've got Forrest, which could is in doubt now, isn't it? Because Forrest have pulled out their game tomorrow. So that, that we could actually not be playing Saturday. Or Sunday, so I, I think that just see how it goes. I, I think we've got a very, very good chance of getting into the uh final because I think Liverpool will make a load of changes. Um, so I think that we've got an opportunity. Listen, we've with Arsenal at the moment, Arsenal played their best team on the, available yesterday, they played their best team. It's not good enough to win the league, is it? So, there, you know, there's, there's got to be upgrades somewhere along the line. And I think that Shaka would probably be one of them where we're going to be an upgrade. A centre-forward's going to be an upgrade as well. I, I agree with Sophie at the moment. Shaka's the best, best best option we've got at this moment in time. But if we're going to go and challenge for the title and try and, you know, really be in in the hunt for top four on a regular basis, Shaka's not your man. Let's be honest, you know, we, we know that. And um, But he's doing a job at the moment. So... Uh, I don't think probably Shaka will play in this game. I think we've got to start. It's a difficult one now because we've got to find someone that's going to partner Shaka for the next few games. So maybe Shaka plays and we look at Lukonga in there, see what them two are going to do together going forward. You know, who's it going to be? I think Arsenal are going to have to, in the next week or so, go in. We've got these cup games, but I think if we're going to go to Spurs, um, we need we need a midfield reinforcement before we go to those Premier League games. I really do because we're losing two players. You look at it yesterday against um, Manchester City. We, we we've lost our best player who, who absolutely dominated their midfield yesterday in Partey, and we're also losing uh, El Nenny that can come on and just shore, shore things up at, at times. You know, be the squad player that he is. So we we need to we need to sort that out. So I don't think there'll be mega mega changes. Obviously, Pepe again didn't come on yesterday at all. He's not going to be about for this game here. So it'd be very, very interesting to so see that's what... That's why we, we, we need Maitland-Niles and we can't give him away yet until the summer. You know? Yeah. Well, I think if we do give him away, we certainly need to get somebody in. Yeah, we can't exactly, be getting exactly. rid of all of these... Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, it's strange got... about, you know, you know, listen, I'm going to say this about Mikel. After the Everton game, I, I just did see, didn't see no way back. I, I was so down about everything there. He's turned it around with some fantastic performances. Mm-hmm. And I give him credit for that. And then really now, like, but, I, you know, do you remember that like, when we played uh, Southampton, I didn't want to go to the game. I think I said to Dan, I said, oh, it's going to be a chore. It's going to be, uh, you know, got there. And I've, I'm really now looking, for, 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 despite yesterday's result, I can't wait to get there on Thursday. I'm really buzzing because you're, you're going to get into saying whatever. 
you know. So it'd be very, but Maitland Niles played very, very well, I think, against Newcastle. What, Watford. Watford. He played Mar- great. Watford. Man of Sorry, Watford. Yeah. And he yeah. hasn't played since. And Something's I find that very, there. very strange. Not one minute of football since. Mm. So I don't know. Something's gone. Patino might play on Thursday. Patino might play in this one. That's a, that's a good point. I think he'll be certainly shot. in the squad. I think he'll, he'll be in the squad. He wasn't in the I mean, squad we've... yesterday, though, was he at all? So has yeah. he gone down with COVID or we don't know? or Because he wasn't in the squad. Okay. Um, I hadn't we... heard about that. I hadn't heard we... about him. No, I'm not so sure about that. So you just don't know what's going to happen. I think every game been... now, you've got to just take it game by game because if you, you, you could have three or four players go down within it within the next game anyway. So for me, I'll play it as strong as I possibly can and see how we go from there. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting on Thursday because I think Leno will be in goal. I think he's going to stick with the fullbacks of Cedric and Tavares, if I'm honest with you. I think Ben White and Gabriel will play at centre-off. I think Gabriel's he can only pick... Who did I say? I meant I meant Holden and Ben White. Who did I say? Yeah. Gabriel. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know what's going on with him. I know he had um, COVID, so I don't know if he's back fit now. Uh, so he might come in. Um, I think we've only got Laconga and Chaka unless he plays Patino uh, in the middle because El Nenny's gone, Party's gone, and Maitland Niles looks like he's off to Roma. Um, but I think the front four will be strong because Pepe's not there. I don't think Balogun's going to get a go after the other night. So I think Eddie will probably start up top, and I, I expect to see Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and Saka. But Eddie had COVID, Dan, um, didn't he? Eddie oh, had has COVID. He? There we go. I don't know. This is the problem. It can change until. Thursday as well, we could get more cases. Yeah. So um, we'll have to you're see what happens. You're asking, you're asking me if we've got a squad tr- strong enough to challenge for the top four. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, Russ, I'll put. Well, I'll tell you what, Russ. Final. What I'll, I would normally agree with you. I would normally agree with you. But when we're playing once a week, mate, I would disagree and say that we have. If we yeah. had Europe, absolutely no chance have we got a good no enough chance, squad to yeah. pick yeah, for top four. But when we're playing once a week, I think we have. I really do think top four is up for grabs, which leads me as an end to go and do a round robin. Let's start with you, Big Steve. Um, looking at where the things are now, I was with, listen, I was I was with Lee back in Villarreal. I wanted the guy gone. I definitely wanted him gone at Everton. But I've started to see change. We know he's not going anywhere. Um, I certainly think he's going to get to the end of the season. This is a make or break month for me. We could be in everything still and looking rocking, or we could be out of everything and season over by the end of this month. So this is a massive four weeks. Looking at how things are now, where do you think Arsenal will finish at the end of this season now that we're halfway through it, Steve? Um, Regardless of what happens in January, I do think we'll sneak in top four because I, I, I do feel confident about the Spurs game. I think we, you know, even though if they win their two games in hand, they'll then be three points above us. They'll slip up. I, I think, I think West Ham are looking a little bit back and forth, a little bit jumpy. Um, I, I think, I think we'll finish fourth. I think we'll, we'll hold on. We might drop a, you know, couple of places, but I think we'll get back there. I think. I Fair think play. We'll... I love the optimism, mate. Love it. Uh, Soph, same to you. Um, you know, before Tottenham got Antonio Conte, I thought we'd finish above him for the first time in a few years. I was so confident of that. But my goodness, he's a good manager. He's making lemonade <laughs> out of lemons. Yeah, he is. I actually think we might end up finishing fifth or sixth. I'm going to, I think maybe sixth. I think top four now is everyone's excited. At the beginning of the season, many Arsenal fans did not think we'd get top four. So if we don't finish top four, as much as I haven't loved Mikel Arteta over the last two years, 
Um, I think it would be unfair to then be critical of the team for not finishing in top four. But I tell you what he has to do is qualify for Europe. And if he doesn't, for me, that is a massive failure. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. It is 100% agree with you. Russ, over to you, mate. Ninth, tenth? <laughs> uh, no, uh, if we beat Spurs, if we go and beat Spurs, and we've, we've bought two players in the January transfer window, that bolster the squad a little bit, that I think we might get fifth. Might get fifth. I think there's too many mistakes still going to happen <laughs> between now and the end of the season. I, no, it's just, I just don't, I think there'll be injuries. I think there'll be... Set me out there, Russ. I thought, I thought like he's going to be going in positive and we might get fifth. No, 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 no. Someone put a little comment in the chat a minute ago about uh, Arteta won't be fired if we don't get Champions League this year. Um, I think that's a sad indictment of the football club, really, because we have to get it, really, to compete and to get the money into the coffers and to attract, as Sophie's alluded to on several of her podcasts, get the better quality players to come here and play. Although that hasn't worked for us in previous years when we've had Champions League, we've got bought some right duffers. But, um, Depends yeah, who's making the decisions, Russ, isn't it? Like yeah, different course, people making yeah. decisions now. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah, Europa League's a minimum. Uh, if we don't get Europa League, then he's he's got to go. We've got to go. We've got to try something different because it's not sustainable to carry on not being in Europe for a club of this size with with the ambition that we as fans have got. It's whether the board and the owner are as, as, as ambitious as us. That's uh, always the big bugbear with me. Fair play, mate. Um, I, I think you're right, Russ. If he doesn't get in the, Euro in the European places without being in Europe, um, what did we come out of? A West Ham fan said that to me, actually, the other week. He said, Arsenal fans are saying getting in the top six would be an amazing season. He's like, you're out of Europe. What did you come out of there for? You might as well just stayed in Europe. <laughs> I was like, I totally agree. I can't see how that's a, a fabulous season. But there we go. Uh, Lee judges this country. we definitely don't want that conference league or whatever. No, I do not want that. I don't want that. <laughs> I'd rather be out of bloody Europe than getting in that bloody yeah. thing. Jesus Christ. I, I, uh, I, think, I think this month is major on and off the field. And I, uh, you've got to get – I think they've got to bring in a couple of players. that You know, and what do I know about football? You know, I, I wanted Jack Grealish at, uh, at Arsenal with you know, £100 million. <laughs> pound, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, can't get a kick? Can't get a kick now. Like, you know what I mean? I, I see him yesterday uh, magically playing at Aston Villa in, at the Emirates uh, and, and playing really, really well. I see him warming up and doing a few stretches yesterday, like for a hundred million pound, like you know. So they've got to get the transfer players right, and they have done that really well. Listen, if Arsenal play and carry on, I, I, I've watched a lot of football this weekend. I, I, I watched Manchester Day and all that. I've seen Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester City, and Arsenal. And I tell you what, when I mention those three three teams, and I put us in that, I don't feel ashamed about that or whatever. I, I, we was we was as good as what they were yesterday and as all of those four teams. If we carry on playing like that, we will get top four. Make no mistake about it. You know, we've got to stay injury-free, but we have some wonderful, wonderful players that a lot of other teams would like um, like to, to have. You know, um, oh, there's a Man City fan in there. Would you swap Grealish for, for Saka at this moment in time? No, you wouldn't. Like, you know I mean? like, at the end of the day, Saka is something, something. Guys, this kid is something, something special. Yeah, we've got is. him, and we've got to. And and I watched him yesterday, and the fear from Manchester City's players. You know, what I mean, they've not had that fear. 
with Messi, with with whoever, like you know, he was he was sensational yesterday. Like he gets kicked all over the place, he gets up and does it. We've got a special kid there, and we've got another special kid on the other side in Martinelli. One thing that um, Mikel's got to do is somehow, whether it's luck or whatever, is find a way of getting Smith Rowe in this team as well. That's got to be done. Because you can't have this kid not playing week in, week out because he is a special talent as well. We've got three very, very special players. And Ulugard, by the way, is, is is coming up on the rails. So I, I think with those four players, if they stay fit, the young and enthusiastic thing of them, like, you know, I honestly think that they could, um, they, we, we, we could get top four. I haven't seen no one play like that other than the other three three teams this this season, as good as that. I know we lost, but yeah. the performances, you know what I mean? And the performances since Everton have been sensational. I don't care yeah. what anybody yeah. says. That not just the results, we have ripped teams apart. And I don't care whereabouts they are in the league because six weeks ago, we wasn't doing that. Something's changing the club. I think it's Martinelli as well. And we are going to get fourth if we carry on playing like that. I actually agree with you, Lee. I think that we will. And the only thing that's helping us is that we've got one game a week. Because like Russ says, we ain't. We get four or five injuries and we're trying to play three games a week. It ain't going to happen with this squad. So we definitely have a chance because of that. If we keep our players fit and we are racking up these sort of performances, we do have a sneaky chance of getting top four, in my opinion. I think we'll just miss out, personally, because I do feel that there will be um, <clears throat> a couple of things that happen. There's a lot of twists and turns within the season. And I think a couple of injuries may knock our chances of that. But I'd like to keep positive and think that, of course, we can get it because the door is definitely ajar. You said something interestingly about trying to get Smith Rowe into this team. And I do think that we need competition for places. But I think you're right there. I don't think that he can sit on the bench all the time and just come on for 20 minutes. I think we do need to try and rotate it a little bit more like Pep does with Manchester City. And I think something that could happen, and people might say this may not work, but I'd like to see it tried. Lacazette's been sensational in the last few games of the last five <laughs> no more false nines, Russ. No more false nines. Um, Martinelli up top could work with Erdegaard behind and Smith Rowe and Saka either side. I'd like to see it just to see what happens. The problem is we've not really got a time to experiment it now. We certainly can't do that against Liverpool because I think it's too risky. But we could do it against Nottingham Forest um, and see if that works as a front four. Because I think it would be something that we would look at and go, wow, every single one of these players is on the same wavelength in terms of the way that they play. They lead by example by giving that off the ball pressure, that high intensity and that level of link-up play that I think is so, so important when Saka and Smith are on the pitch together. When we don't see them together, we don't see that. And I love, absolutely love watching these two kids play together. And I think that Erdegaard at the moment is undroppable and so is Saka and Martinelli. So the only position I feel that could be up for grabs is Lacazette. But he's been so good as well with his link-up play. And obviously, he's our captain and leads by example. Uh, guys, I've really enjoyed tonight. It's been really good. I think we've managed to cover as much as we can. And we could probably sit and talk for another hour about VAR <laughs> refs and decisions that didn't go our way. But we haven't got time. Um, it's been a pleasure. just want to say thank you to everyone in the chat and a happy New Year. Uh, thank you to the guests for coming on. We'll start with you, Big Steve. Uh, mate, first of all... Uh, Massive congratulations to you, man. I don't know what you've lost now, but weight loss. Let talk to me about what's been going on there, man. Um, yeah, so so April, I had a had a gastric sleeve, and I've lost almost eleven stone. I'm about ten Mate. stone nine, I think, since April. But yeah, I mean, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, the the surgery is the key factor there, but just 
hard work, keeping up on top of everything, getting in the gym, you know, I use it as a tool to to work work with rather than expecting it to do the hard yards for me. Um, and it's been great being able to get back up to the Emirates. The first the first time no. I got back up this season, the lifts at Holloway Road weren't working. It would have been a problem a year ago. It would have killed me. Would have had a heart attack halfway up. This time, <laughs> up without a sweat. So it's great being being back at the football, meeting up with you, Russ, Lee, everyone else. Maybe not Nunny, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's been good. And and cheers for having me having me back on. Oh. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. A massive congratulations, bud, because you've um, you. I've known you I've known you a few years, mate, and I've never seen you look so well and so happy, mate. It's not just the way you look, yeah. it's the way you feel and I've seen your confidence rise. It's been an absolute pleasure to see Steve. So thanks Isn't for coming it? on, mate. How can people follow you, bud? Um yeah, so at Big Steve with two E's on Twitter, Big Steve Artist on Instagram. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty hard to miss. So uh, just yeah, look look for me, and you'll you'll find most most of my stuff's music. Twitter's just all Arsenal, like, <laughs> but but yeah, Instagram, Big Steve artist as well. Top lad, thanks a lot, Big Steve. Much appreciate you coming on, mate. Sophie, as always, a pleasure. Highbury squads, what you up to? Tell people Thank how you. they can follow you. Thanks, guys. We're back live tomorrow night with Super Kev. Uh, you can follow us at Highbury Squad on YouTube, Twitter, uh, and I'm at Soccer Diva. And Steve, well done. Congratulations. Thank you very um, much, Sophie. You look great. You look absolutely great. Thanks, That's guys. Thanks for having me. Steve soon, wouldn't you? We have to produce Steve. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of average, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought love you meant it. having him on our show, but we'd love to do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That would be great. Um, thanks a lot, Soph. Always a pleasure. Thank uh, you, guys. Guna Russ, mate. <laughs> you've been you've been fairly positive in times tonight, Russ. I'm I'm liking it, mate. Um, how can people follow you, buddy? Yeah, at Guna Russ eleven on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I don't tweet a lot. I normally tend to tweet just once or twice after games. Since the um, all the Wenger in out nonsense, I've just turned it off away from Twitter a little bit. But um, when when I get the cronky out mode going, I do go on there a bit more then when I get a bit of the hump with him. But um, yeah, yeah, you're not, not a fan of cronky about um, the Rams winning the Super Bowl. It might free up some extra cash for us if you <laughs> root for <laughs> it, boys. <laughs> root for it. <laughs> It might do. It might make him worse. Because you know what rich people are like when they get more money? They get tired. Now he'll so get bored. He'll be so bored after winning the Super Bowl. It'll be all about the Arsenal after that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so, mate. Let's Come, on so. Uh, Come on the Rams. Come on the Rams. That's it. We're all supporting the Rams. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Um, well over 700 of you watching at one stage. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, leads me to say thank you to Lee Judges as always. Lee, top man. No, thank you very much. And to you, Dan. I'm glad you're on the men now. Like, you know, we was uh, a bit worried about you at one stage there. So, uh, well done. Well done. All good. All good now, yeah. mate, on the men's. And it's not been a very pleasant Christmas, but do you know what? Um, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Um, thank you to everyone for tonight. Thank you to everyone in the chat. Thanks to everyone listening on audio. We will see you for uh, a Tuesday night uh, preview of the Carabao Cup semi-finals it'd be myself lee judges toby the spurs fan matisse the chelsea fan and grizz the liverpool fan to discuss who we think is going to be making their way to wembley and what we think the outcome will be me and lee will be there we'll be chatting to everybody in the chat tuesday at nine o'clock until then we will see you soon next time up the arsenal